everybody, Coach John Daly here. Um, got a little intro for the podcast for today. Uh, Erica Tyler, I knew her as Erica Hansen, is my guest today. And let me tell you, it was one of the best um, talks that I have had. Uh, all my guests that I've had just inspire me so much. And Erica, of course, is doing the same. Um, this is an amazing talk. Uh, I really, really appreciate her um, taking some time with me today. I also want to let you know there's some technical uh, challenges uh, on my end, not on her. She sounds great. I got these little techno hiccups going on on my side of the recording. So if you can bear with that, I think you're going to find some great value in today's talk. So just want to give you that little preview. And here's the start of the show. Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date is August 6, 2020. It means it's a Thursday, I think. I got to keep my day straight here. Uh, on the other end of my line and my screen here uh, with me is, I know her as Erica Hansen, but it's Erica Tyler now. Uh, Erica, help, help the old coach out here. Uh, when did you graduate from Lakeshore High School? I graduated in 2011. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Eight. So next year is our 10 year. Oh my gosh. Boy, did that come fast, huh? So fast. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Erica and I have been in touch um, even during school. And I got to tell you this right off the bat. And I don't even have this written down, but um, Erica's one of the one of the students that um, we talked a lot in school, inside class, outside of class, um, after she graduated. And let me tell you, there was time to think she was looking to be uplifted, but she ended up doing that to me. She ended up... Um, doing so much good for me, the encouragement, and, and also um, some of the texts that I get from her randomly, you guys, you guys gotta understand, it always came at a perfect time. And there's gotta be at least a dozen or so on my phone, probably more, <laughs> that uh, you, you left me in just the perfect time. And so um, she's, she's an encourager through and through, and I'm just glad to have her on here. And um, so now that I've built you up, it's totally yeah. true. I live up to that. <laughs> you you do you do every day. Um, what do you what share with the listeners a little bit of where you grew up? How how did you did you were you at Lakeshore all K through twelve? No, I actually so I was born um, in East Point. So I went to the East Detroit School District until fifth grade. Okay. And then I moved to Anchor Bay, and so I went to Anchor Bay sixth through ninth no sixth through tenth grade that's right and then i was brand new as a junior in lakeshore oh my god see oh. i i keep looking back and think i've known you since freshman year but i've heard, we've talked about that and it's just one of those things that i just i know it seems like i've known you longer than that it's crazy yeah i was so i was new as a junior so it was um a huge adjustment adjusting to different i moved at very pivotal points like sixth grade was a little bit easier to be new then because everybody was new in middle school Right. But then 11th grade being new. I mean, I was literally walking around Lakeshore with a map as an 11th grader. Cause I was like, I don't know where to, like, I, I remember walking up to people. It's funny now looking back, I didn't know who they were at the time. They were strangers, but I just walked up to two random people and I was like, can I sit with you? I don't know anybody like, <laughs> for lunch. I was like, Oh man, it was, it was a trip. But yeah, I integrated into Lakeshore, got my way in there. Um, so yeah, that's what I went yeah, I went there, graduated from there, and right from there I went to Central, which I know you and I bonded over that. Fire up chips. Um, I got a a pretty nice scholarship going there for musical theater, because mm. uh, my whole life I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway, that's what I want to do with my life, and that changed. <laughs> um, so I was only there for a semester, because I was taking a ton of classes. Anybody that has a fine arts degree knows that you take like double the workload for classes just because they're not worth as many credits as right. normal classes are. Um, but anyway, so I was there and we had someone that graduated from the program come and kind of give our class a talk <laughs> about how she was this struggling actress living in New York and just trying to make it and she was this waitress and I'm sitting in class like, oh, you don't just graduate and go right on to Broadway. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I just had this 
kind of enlightenment in me, like, hmm, I don't know if I want to go to school for four years and then struggle for the rest of my life until maybe someday I hopefully hit it big. Yeah. So that really changed my perspective. So I ended up leaving there. I went to Macomb for just to get some gen eds for I think one one year. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Wayne State yep. <laughs> for one year. And I mean, I didn't know what I wanted. I was going like at one time I was a nursing major. At one time I was a Spanish translation major because I love Spanish. So obviously I was all over all over the book. Wow. Um, and then it was right around then. So this was this was maybe I just went for a semester of those each. I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, so it was maybe two two and a half years out of high school, and I was just like, man, I don't like my friend group and who I am when I'm with them. I don't like what I'm studying. I don't like really who I am as a person at this point. Mm. So I just picked up, I was 19 at this point, picked up everything I had and moved all by myself to Garden Valley, Texas, and went to an internship there that just completely changed my life forever. So I lived there for a year, (laughs) came back home. Um, I finished my degree online at Liberty University. So I got my bachelor's degree and got married had kids. So it's been a whirlwind the past almost 10 years. No kidding. You know what? Your whole story, um, I'm going to be interested to see what you say about this, but to me, it says so much about confidence Mm. from the standpoint of starting over, moving all those different places. Hey, I'm new. Can I sit with you? Just having the guts (laughs) to, to say, you know, Hey, can I sit with you? Hi. Um, and making all these changes and, and having the guts to, you know, when, when someone comes and talks to your class and starts giving their view of, of their journey, um, mm-hmm. trying to get to Broadway and um, the struggles and everything, and just have the confidence of just like, nope, I'm changing again. And uh, yeah. have you always been a confident kid? Because actually, you do perform very well on stage. Like your singing and everything else that you've done is just incredible. So has there always been confidence inside of you? I don't know. It's one of those things where you don't know if- you were born with it or if it was forged in you. I think from a very young age, I've always been a leader. Just people looked at me as that, that mantle of leadership has just always Mm. been placed on me. So I think you almost, obviously there's things that I think I was born with. Like I don't get embarrassed in front of other people. Um, I don't, you know, I know you, you knew in high school in the musicals there, Um, you know, that was like exhilarating to me. There wasn't a time where I was like terrified or nervous. That was like, all right, this is, I'm going to go for it. Like this is exciting to me. So I think part of it, there's just things about my personality that I I don't mind being the first. Um, I don't mind. I actually prefer that. I'd rather like if, this is a terrible example, if we're riding a roller coaster, like I'd rather go before my friends because I don't want them to tell me how it is. I just want to just do it. So it's just, things like that, that have been in me. But I also think just having to be new a lot in my life and having to put myself out there, you kind of grow a a thicker skin just with going through being new all the time. I think that really helped me kind of adapt wherever I went Hmm. and, and learn how to not assert myself, but how to be myself, even if I was new. Oh, nice. Is that, so you mentioned about it being possibly inside of you, but did it also come from parents, from other adults in your life, from circumstances that you grew up with? Was there certain key points in your life growing up that were were some things presented themselves like this? Yeah, definitely. I think my parents, I have always been a big influence on me. They're my best friends to this day. I hang out with them more than I hang out with anybody else. So, um, especially my dad. I've always been a daddy's girl and I've watched him. He's always, you know, just putting himself out there very, not, I wouldn't say outspoken because he's not someone that'll talk over you, but Mm -hmm. he's just assured, Mm self-assured. And I've always respected that about him. And um, I'm someone that grew up in the church. So that has always been something for me that has made me, you know, when you know whose you are, you know who you are. Ooh, I love that. And so wow. that has always been something that if you have a firm identity, you know, for me personally, that's knowing Jesus Christ and 
that to me gives me the confidence to know like, okay, it's okay if no one else accepts me because I'm already accepted. So it mm. gives you the confidence to be who you really are because you know you're, you're already accepted for who you really are. So that's for me personally what I fall back on. Um, and that definitely helps shape and mold. I mean, I grew up going to the same church my whole life. My husband is the pastor's son from the church that I grew up with, uh, grew up in. So it's definitely a huge, huge part of my life. That's, that's awesome. So there goes, I got something to ask you about, you know, uh, meeting your husband. So you just yes. said that was, was that something when you met your, what's your husband's name? His name's Ben. Ben. That's right. Mm-hmm. When you met Ben, was it, um, skyrockets at first sight was it like how old were you guys when you met or was it just like not at all he was a I I uh referred to him as the sick kid because <laughs> he had severe asthma when we were growing up so oh he boy. was I mean it's not funny I don't know why I'm laughing right. but no it's just funny all. that that's how I thought of him right um so he was actually in and out of the hospital with asthma issues growing up but oh my. we've known each other since we were little what's funny is um my dad's father had passed away and obviously Ben's dad is a pastor. So he was coming over our house to kind of help my dad's family kind of get through some things. And that he was over our house when he got the call that Lisa, which is Ben's mom was going into labor with Ben. So that's oh how far back we go. Holy it's cow. like his dad was at our house when they went into labor with him. Wow. That is far um, back. That's a big far, connection. Far back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, growing up, it's so funny. I was, I was friends with his older sister. He has three older sisters. Um, so Ben is one year younger than me, but two grades younger than me. So we were never in the same class. We were never really, we were friends just because we knew each other, but we weren't close. And I growing up thought he thought I was so annoying because (laughs) I'm pretty extroverted. Like I like to make people laugh. Yeah, me. Um, I like to make people laugh. I'm I'm out there, and he's the opposite. He's very reserved. Mm. He's you know doesn't say a lot, but what he says, you're like, wow, you should talk all the time because he's so wise. Um, So I always was like, man, this kid thinks I'm so annoying. He must think I'm so obnoxious. My whole life, that's what I thought because I was friends with his older sister, and we would just we were annoying. but yeah, it wasn't until I moved back from Texas and I kind of mm. restarted my life and knew that if I started to hang out with the same group that I was hanging out with, I was just going to go right back to how I was living before. Right. So I was kind of isolated by myself. And I don't know, I, I think his dad kind of got in his ear like, hey, you should hang out with Erica because she doesn't have any friends, <laughs> basically. So he kind of reached out to me, was like, hey, I know you're back from Texas. If you ever need people to hang out with, like me and my friends are always available. So I started hanging out with them and slowly I kind of got the idea like, hmm, this seems like more than just, you just want me to hang out with your friends. So one, one day he asked me out to breakfast and he was literally shaking. He had his fork and his hands were shaking and I was like, Ben, are you okay? And he slams his fork down. He's like, I just have to tell you, I've been in love with you for my whole life. And like, I've never had the confidence to say anything to you. And, he's just, and I was just shocked. And at this point, I thought I was going to go to Bible college in Portland. Mm, and so, right. yeah, so I was like, uh, what do I, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to be that girl that was like, I like you too. Bye. <laughs> I'm just going to leave though. <laughs> so when he said all the, he was like professing his love to me. All I said was, thank you. I was like, thank you so much for telling me. We still laugh about that today, yeah. but I just didn't want to lead him on if I knew I was going to leave. Um, so then one thing, one thing fell through with Portland Another thing, my credits wouldn't transfer all this stuff. Anyways, long story short, I ended up staying in Michigan. So that's when we started dating after that. Oh my God. What a, what a journey. Cause there's so many, so many times on that journey that both of you could have gone in totally different directions. Yeah. You know, and I just that, find that astounding because it was the same with me and my wife and we are definitely opposites uh, when we met up at central. So I think that has a lot to do with it, but I, I do believe, um, you know, whether it's divine intervention, whether it is a plan, um, mm-hmm. there's some, there's some reasons out there. You just can't explain. You just yes. go with them, right? You just thank God that, that, that those things happen. Um, yeah. and, and it sounds like this has been, um, just a joyous, uh, journey that the two of you have been on together. And you, yeah. you ever wonder, um, along the way where it could have taken a different turn? 
Oh my gosh, all the time. It's, it's weird when you grow up with someone because we know all of each other's exes. Like one of his exes is one of my best friends. <laughs> I see why you dated her. She's great. I love her. She's so great. Wow. But it's, it's just so strange to see, you know, especially when you're older, where you think you're going to go. And then where you end up going is two totally different, uh, two totally different things from reality. So yeah, it's really weird looking back and feeling, feeling like, wow, I almost knew who you almost married. <laughs> like, That's right. It's really weird. Really, really crazy. Weird. So you've mentioned him about being quiet and being wise. Mm -hmm. What is one other thing that um, just knocks your socks off about him, the way he does things, the way he looks at you, the way he makes you laugh oh, or something, or does he is a good cook? What, what, what does he do? I can't pick one. Uh, uh, I'm obsessed with him. He's amazing. He is, I think there's a lot of, a list of things I could have given you before kids, but I think especially mm. after kids and seeing him with them. Oh my gosh. Just, he's the most gentle, patient, loving. He takes every opportunity he can to teach a lesson instead of react in anger. I mean, wow. he puts me to shame as a parent. Like he, <laughs> He's amazing. And he's just someone that, something that really attracted me to him was that he looks for the underdog in any situation. He is for the underdog. And that for me is like, I really respect everybody, but men in general that aren't bulldozers that have to, you know, Ben never has to puff himself up to make sure he has a place somewhere. Like he is totally okay being in the background and being the underdog's friend. And that to me is like, that takes more of a man, in my opinion, that can just sit back and, and let the showboats be showboats. And he's someone that's just has this reserved, quiet confidence that is just so attractive to me. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So where did he gain that skill or some of these other skills from uh, which of his parents? Uh, I think it's a mix. I think yeah. it's a mix. I think he's obviously always looked up to his dad, not just in ministry, but his dad is like a gentle giant. He's like mm. over six foot, but the, <laughs> the warmest man you've, you'd ever want to meet. And his mom is the same way. She's so, she's very reserved as well. But man, when she opens her mouth, it's like, all, I want to ask her, like, do you just read all the time or just study all the time? Because she's just so wise, always has the best advice. Their whole family, Ben and all his sisters and his mom and dad, they're like the least judgmental people I've ever met. Mm. So even with knowing, you know, it, it's an interesting relationship that I have with them because they're my in-laws, but they've also been my pastors my whole life. So they know probably a lot more about me than any other in-law Absolutely. You never want your in-laws to know yes. about you. No, you're right. You know, all the struggles, all the things I've ever been through, I've told them about. I, you know, was going to them for some of these things. So it's just such a special relationship that I have that like, they know me almost like they're my own parents. They know mm. everything about me, the worst, ugliest parts about me and the best parts about me. And they don't treat me any differently. Wow. And Ben's the same way. And so I really, I really think it's a lot obviously to do with God and his relationship with God, but definitely with the family that he grew up in for sure. That's amazing. You guys live close to each other? The two families? Yeah, we, the two fam. well, we live in Harrison Township and both our parents live in St. Clair Shores. Okay. Wow. We're super close. Yeah. So get togethers and family events and holidays oh, yeah. are, are always there. All the time. That's and what's fair. funny is that even growing up, we would celebrate holidays together. So my family, my parents, my sisters, his family, his parents, his sisters, we would all celebrate together. So they all know each other. They're all, it's, it's really cool. It's like a movie. Yeah. I get you. And hopefully you're taking notes on it. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this sounds like a great book. It sounds like an awesome yeah. book. Uh, speaking of books, uh, I know you're a reader. Um, mm -hmm. what, what are some of the go-to books for you, whether it be in faith or just inspirational or just fiction even, uh, or biographies about people like, what are there a couple books out there that uh, you really get a lot from? Um, I love the book. There's a book called Judah Smith called How's Your Soul. Mm. I really like, um, he's a pastor out in Seattle, but he talks about the importance of not just asking people, how are you? You know, and we're so ready and willing to be like, we're great. You know, yep. We're tired, busy, stressed, but I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but just checking in with people's soul, like mm. who they are at, at their core. Are you fed? Are you 
tired are you you know not just tired like oh i stayed up late binge watching netflix but tired right. as a person in your soul and so i really love that book just checking in with the health of your soul um man there's a ton that i have from college i don't know i don't remember the author but great leader great teacher that's a great book um yeah i think those are my two favorites wow so you, you get a lot out of reading obviously mm -hmm. yeah that's good yeah. stuff how much uh how much importance does music play in your life oh my gosh it's a it's how i relate to everything that's how i relate to my emotions i mean i've always had that i've always been a musical person that's something i really feel like i was born with um my dad's pretty musical but he never taught me like he never sat down and showed me how to play guitar i play guitar and piano and no one ever taught me it was just we had a piano in our basement out in our house in anchor bay and my mom bought a chord chart book and i sat down for hours i mean i couldn't even tell you how many hours i would be in the basement by myself just memorizing chords wow. on the piano and same with guitar like my dad plays guitar but he never sat down and gave not because i didn't not because i asked and he said no i just never really asked i was like nah, i think i could just figure it out so same thing with guitar i had like a chord chart next to me this was before the days of you could literally find anything on youtube but yep, yep. um sat down with a chord chart book and taught myself that um so yeah i think it's just a way that i relate to other people that i relate to the world sometimes i feel like there's songs that talk about what i'm feeling better than what i could mm. say um so it's a huge huge part of my life still to this day like i still lead worship at my church i'm always singing i'm always i've written a few songs i haven't shared them with anybody they're kind of just for me but yeah so I, i'm not going to put you on the spot if you don't want to you don't have to um i i, I saw some of your posts on instagram Mm -hmm. um, some of the music that you, that you are singing, mm -hmm. first of all, knocks my socks off. I mean, even, <laughs> even more so now than in, when you were in high school, cause you were a, you were a superstar in high school as far as I was concerned, but now to hear there seems to be more of, of life in your, mm -hmm. in your music now because you've mm -hmm. lived more life. And so there's more passion. There's just more energy. Is there anything that you just have on your, on your heart right now that you wouldn't mind belting out if, if you're home alone and, you don't have oh, to. I don't want to. That's fine. No, no problem. To. No problem. I do want people to understand the fact of how good you are and, and oh, what you geez. do. Some of the stuff that you have inside you, um, I know you've been recording it in, in different mm -hmm. things. Um, have you ever thought about putting it out there and, and making some recordings to uh, upload them and, and have them out there for people to hear and listen to? Yeah, I definitely think about that a lot that's one of my biggest dreams is to put out my own album where i wrote every one of the songs um so i have i have some songs in my back pocket i just haven't recorded them yet i think you're or at least for me i'm my own worst critic so i always mm -hmm. i'll listen back to them like just my own phone recordings and i'm like this sucks i'm not putting this <laughs> no one's gonna hear this yeah so um i think it's just for as confident as a person that I am, I feel like putting art out there is so vulnerable, especially mm. if it's your own music. Like I don't mind singing a cover of a song or I think that's why I like musicals because it wasn't my music. So I was like, okay, I could sing this person's song. Right. But when it's your song, it's so different. Yep, their song has already been tested as being good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. I, no, I get that. I love that. It's in your back pocket. Yeah. Songs in your back pocket. Might be a title of an album there or something. <laughs> there we go. That's cool. I love that. Uh, so anyways, I keep keep working on that because I, you know me and I've told you plenty of times, I am my own worst critic. And, yeah. Um, I, I beat myself up horribly and it's something that's been a lifelong battle. And yeah. uh, there's days I win and there's days I lose, but there's more days of winning as I get older. Yeah. So it sounds like you're you're in that boat too, which is, which is awesome. Definitely. Um, so bouncing around schools, I want to get back to that a little bit, like in high school. Mm -hmm. So you really had no clue other than I want to be on Broadway. You didn't have any answers on how, how are you going to pull this off? And I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of kids out there, especially girls. What, what would be some advice that you've been through um, in, in making things work for, for especially young you know, students in general, but young women especially? Like I, I see you as a, uh, a leadership person uh, for mm -hmm. women like a strong yeah. women's advocate, you know, mm -hmm. for leadership. What are some thoughts that you might have on um, 
for those people that, and there's many of them, and there's still plenty of adults like me sometimes that we don't have a clue. What are, what's some of your advice of, of hanging in there and just, you know, keep doing the little things to make things happen? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is to check your motives. I would say mm. the biggest thing I think for me, you know, obviously it's hard for me to answer this without a faith based answer, but That's okay. for me, I felt like, you know, what am I, what's my end goal here? What am I working towards? It's hard to lead anyone else and especially lead yourself if you don't have an end goal. So for me, it was more of a heart check. Like, okay, do I want to be on Broadway because I like how it feels when I get affirmation and when I get attention and when I'm in front of other people, or do I think I have some sort of musical ability that's not just for me, for me to get accolades or for me to be on Broadway, but it's for other people to benefit from. So that's why, you know, when I went to Texas, I studied there for a year at their school of worship. So it was taking all the talents that I feel like I was born with, all the musical ability and things that I had worked on. And instead of making it about me, which not saying Broadway's a horrible career, but for me, it was because my motives were wrong. Mm. And so my motives weren't like, oh, I want to put on a great show so that people make great memories with their family and come out to Broadway shows. It was like, I would love how it would feel to get all that attention. And, you know, I had to check myself, like, what is it really that I want? Is that really what I want? Or do I want to change someone's life wow. with what I have? And so I think the number one thing is checking your motives and that will lead you further than you could ever get. You know, I think sometimes, especially for women, we feel like we have to fight for a place or fight for importance or recognition. And especially being a new person as a junior, I mean, thinking back to, for your listeners, if they're not in high school, thinking back to when you're in high school, just how hard it is when relationships are already built mm. to figure out where you fit into nice. that yes. and not knowing anybody. I mean, I didn't know the A students from the, the dropouts, if so to speak. Like I didn't know bad reputations. I had no clue who anybody was, what anything was like in their past, which was hard because, you know, you kind of start to be friends with someone and you realize like, hmm, I don't think we're on the same page with things. But it's also such a blessing because you can see people for who they really are. I had such a clean slate in my mind for people. And, you know, I didn't do everything perfectly. I definitely think that I made personal compromises for me for the benefit of fitting in and trying sure. to quickly make and build relationships. But I think that's the other critical part of you know, making it, so to speak, or getting, working toward your dream that you have is you really have to stay true to what you know that you are, you know, your moral compass. For me, that's the Bible. For me, that's Jesus. And so loving other people mm -hmm. and, you know, regardless of what they believe, what they think, I really strive to be that way, that I didn't care if we agreed on everything, but I just tried to be someone who loved other people and that gets you that gets you pretty far if Absolutely. you're willing to love the underdog love other people look at people for who they are i think surrounding yourself with people that you know we're not who we're gonna be i'm still not who i'm going to be when i'm 70 um but i think there's such a gift at, as a leader to look at people's potential mm -hmm and know where they're headed and being able to call that out of people around you. Like, no, I don't see you as this. I see you as this, you know, and that's something Mr. Daly that you were so good at is that I always felt like when we were in your class, we weren't just strangers or just, um, you know, sometimes you'd be in class and you felt like almost an inconvenience to the teacher. Like we were so annoying or we had nothing to offer. Like, let's just get through this class. But with your class, it truly felt like, you saw something in us that we didn't even see. Mm. And I think when you can do that with people around you too, and even with yourself knowing, okay, I'm not where I'm going to be, but I'm not where I was yesterday. Amen. And just taking one little step at a time toward what you're working for, whatever that be, whether you want to be a nurse or a pastor or, you know, whatever that goal is that you're working toward. I think who you surround yourself with knowing who you are and not compromising on that. And yeah, just being willing to love other people, even if you 
don't agree with them, I think mm -hmm. those are huge, huge oh. things that can help you get where you want to go. Yeah, that, that point about loving people, even if you don't agree with them, mm -hmm. the world needs a little bit more of that, you know, definitely in all levels. And, and I love how you put down, um, you live your life that way and um, mm -hmm. you're not out there bragging about it. And, and some people do do that. You know, they post yeah. things and look at me and the recognition. I'm, being at your age and you realize that that's what you're going after, that was huge for you to recognize. I got to find my why. I got to find my reason why I'm doing this. And then once you found a reason why for something else, it really made a difference there. You know? Oh, yeah. It changed my whole life. Changed the whole course of my life. That's amazing. Really. I just love yeah. that. And that's something that you can just keep building on because there's new whys in your life as mm -hmm. you get older, especially with kids, especially with yeah. husband. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you for saying that too, because there were so many people in my life that believed in me. Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't see yet. And without yeah. them believing in me, I, I couldn't believe in myself. And um, so I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I do try. That's what I really yeah. do try to do. So again, encouraging. Thank you for doing <laughs> that. Um, how about like lessons learned from struggles? I mean, I know when you moved from Michigan down to Texas, I, that, I, I remember talking to you, that was a big move. There's mm -hmm. a lot of apprehension. There's a lot of nervousness. But without that move, I mean, it was almost like you had to get away, wasn't it? It was definitely, yeah. yeah Talk about any, any struggle anywhere if you want, whatever you want to share. Yeah, I think um, just, you know, I think I'm so passionate now about sticking to who you are and what you know to be true because I wasn't good at it back then. And I think anything, any big lesson that you've overcome, you, you wanna spread that lesson because it's something that you don't want other people to struggle with. And so I think, you know, again, around two and a half years after high school, I was confused. I had a, you know, they were great people, but just not people that I was going anywhere with or accomplishing anything. And I really felt like I was just trapped in this cycle of, you know, living for the weekend and working just to pay bills and that's it. And, you know, just, there was just this attitude that I had of apathy and just, this is, I felt like I was settling basically. And I just felt like, man, I can't get out of this lifestyle. I can't get out of everyone here is just okay with living. Like this is it where this is how we're going to live for the rest of our lives. And there's just something in me too, that I felt like I wasn't being true to, you know, all my friends growing up knew I was a Christian. They all knew I went to church, but I felt like I was such a bad example because I would, you know, be saying like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And then be the one that's drunk at a party, you know, the next day. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I, I felt like I was such a poor representation of even what I wanted to be wow. as a human being. And so I had to get away and I guess I didn't have to go all the way to Texas, <laughs> but that's, a, that's what I did. You know, it was, I came home, honestly, I came home from a party one weekend. I think it was like some random grab party. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. There was something in me at war. Like I'm really am this person, but for the benefit of my friends and fitting in, I'm this person. And they were at war. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want this war anymore. So I moved to Texas completely changed my life around. I, I learned so much there. Obviously that was another big move at 19 years old to be in a new state, completely alone on a campus I had been to one time. I visited um, a few months prior to that. And so it was huge, but again, it was a little bit different because everyone there that was there, it was a Christian internship. So there wasn't the pressures of trying to fit in because everybody right. kind of had the same moral compass, the same, we were all there for the same reasons. Um, so when I came back, I actually had a few conversations with my friends that I was friends with during the time where I felt really confused. Um, some of them I'm still friends with to this day, but when I came back, I just met with them and I was like, man, I really feel like I need to apologize to you because I misrepresented myself. Wow. I don't, I don't feel like who I was, the person you were hanging out with, that really wasn't me. And here's who I really am. And here's what I've always wanted to say to you, but I couldn't because I was too embarrassed or too felt like I might be judged or felt like I might be looked down on, man, I'm getting emotional talking about it, but love it. Love it. Me too. Just, just telling them that, you know, this is who I really am. And I'm really sorry if I misrepresented myself to you. 
And you know, one of my friends, um, her name's Erica too, Erica Stepp. Uh, yep. She's one of the people I was talking to about it. And she was like, you know, Erica, I always knew that that wasn't really you. And man, that, those words, I don't even think I ever told her how much that meant to me of just knowing like she could see through all of that and see that I was still who I was like hidden somewhere buried beneath there. Um, so yeah, I think learning from that is uh, two major things, just the power of words and the power mm. that people had spoken over me my whole life. Like you're a leader you're this, you're this, calling things out of me that I didn't even see, especially, you know, being new at a high school to have <clears throat> one of my teachers say like, Erica, I see you as a leader. I was like, what? I'm the new kid. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's how it felt though. It felt like, wow, okay. He sees something in me that I have to offer. And my whole life, there was just so many people that spoke these words over me that I don't think we even realize how much we cling onto. Mm. Um, you know, and how much power our words have or how much power Erica's words had when I came back and kind of confessed all these things to her, like, man, I, I really wasn't the friend that I wanted to be. You know, she said one sentence that completely relieved me of any shame or guilt that I felt or any, you know, ill feelings that I had about myself. So I think the power of words is something that I've really been learning. I think that's why I'm so adamant with encouraging people today. Like, yes. Anytime they pop into my head, I, I'll literally pray, like, God, give me someone that you need to speak to today and tell me what to say. As weird and cheesy and spiritual that, <laughs> as that sounds, it's not that spiritual. It's literally just like, I'll have a thought and I'll think, that's a random thought. That must be God saying yeah. to tell this to this person. And those times that I text you, it's literally because I'm praying and I'm like, God, what do you want me to say to someone today? And it's like, John Daly. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Like, I'll just text him and see what, what he's doing. And whatever came to mind is like what I felt like he was saying. And so, I mean, I, I think encouragement and power of words is something that I've learned through struggle and yeah, just staying true to who you are as hard as that is. I think even adults have that issue where you can kind of chameleon yourself depending on what friend group you're with, you know, you kind of change your behavior a little bit to fit in here, to fit in here, to fit in here. But you go home at the end of the night and you don't even know who you are. You're just little pieces of everyone else's personality and everyone else's thoughts and everyone else's identity. And so for me, finding that sense of identity in Jesus and in Christ, that completely changed my life because I was free to be who I am regardless of what other people think about it, not in a way of like, I'm right and you're wrong. You know, right. I don't agree with, with oh. Christians that stand on the corner and tell people they're going to hell. Like, I think Christians can get a bad rep for things like that. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're, if you truly are a Christian, you're someone that's supposed, that's called, in fact, the Bible says like you are called and in debt to love other people. So I think it's almost hard to even introduce yourself like, oh, you go to church. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. That's, that's interesting. Like oh, it's, it really nice. has a bad connotation. Yes. But in reality, a true Christian is the one that's out there loving people and loving people through their differences. And that's, what's going to make a difference. And yeah, one other thing, I don't know why this came into mind too, but checking on strong friends. Cause I think that sometimes there's a lack of people checking in on me because I was always looked at as like, oh, she's a leader. She's great. You know, she has everything together. She's fine, um, which was awesome. But it also makes people, you know, we kind of, everyone focuses on the people that aren't showing up to class or aren't, but oh, totally the, strong, true. the strong students, the strong coworkers that you have, the strong friends in your circle that seem like they have nothing wrong. Those are the ones you have to bother yeah. with. Know what's really going on, what's yeah. really happening. Because I think I wish I would have had more of that. I think I was struggling more than I showed just because I knew how to hide that, I guess, or what parts of myself to show when to what people. Mm -hmm. And so just making sure you check on those strong friends that you have and seeing that they're okay and that they're not hiding their struggles because they feel like they have to be the strong friend yeah wow that is how old are you again this is ridiculous the, the wisdom that you have 26 yeah. oh my god the wisdom that you have is just incredible and I, and I know a lot of it is what um you know god has led you in your life with your faith and you live it and i think that's part of it too um have you ever read anything from john gordon I don't think I have. Okay. 
I will take care of that at some point in time. Okay, good. But one of the books I was reading, um, he mentioned, you know, about Christianity and how um, there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot mm -hmm. of separation and us and them. And um, but one thing that really stood out to me is um, the difference between you know religion with God, you know, mm -hmm. more than religion. I've always been taught, and I believe this, religion's man-made. He brought up the fact of with God, it's a relationship. Definitely. It's a different R word, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all of us, we can have different views of that, different connections without mm -hmm. having to follow rules and man-made and do this, don't do that, give this, you know, all these things that if you don't do, you're shamed, you know, you're, you're put mm -hmm. down, there's, you know, you feel bad about yourself. And mm -hmm. um, it just sounds like you have figured that out. And it, it's very powerful and uh, reassuring. And God, there's, um, I mean, I know you have little kids, but you, you probably sleep well at night based upon that, other than with your kids waking you up. <laughs> yeah. A clear conscience is the softest pillow. And I think yeah. that, that says a lot. So what are your thoughts about that whole religion and relationship? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I live my life that way. I hope people know there are churches out there that teach that, that it's not, um, you know, sometimes I think as humans, really in any sense of the term, we can get caught up in like A plus B equals C. And we're taught that in school. If I study and do this, I get a good grade. If I practice at the track for so many, and then I'll win the race. You know, we, we kind of always are in this rhythmic, um, I, I, I guess I don't know how else to explain that, but I kind of look at religion broad term in that way. Um, don't get me wrong. I think there's a right and wrong. I don't think truth is right. relative. I think there is a truth. Um, but I also think if you had a relationship with Jesus instead of just, you know, you can go to church, mm. but that doesn't make you a Christian. Just the right. same as you can park a, sit in a garage, but you're not a car. Right. So, you know, it, it has to be a personal relationship mm. with God. And I really feel like the more you spend time with him, he teaches you how to act. Like he shows you by example, how he acted. If, if people, even people that aren't Christians, if they ever read the Bible and saw how Jesus treated people, it, the only people he ever, ever rebuked or shamed were the people that were religious in, in that time period. Those were the only people he ever spoke against because he was saying, you know, you're the ones that have memorized all these Bible verses, but you don't treat anybody with love or kindness. So everything that you have means nothing. Mm. Literally, that's what he said. Absolutely. And so I try to think of that in my own life. Like, do I think or do I hope that people find Jesus? Of course. Do I think it's the best way of living and there's nothing else out there like it? Of course I do. Do I think there's a right and a wrong? Yeah, I do. And although that's offensive, that I do have that belief. But I also believe that I'm in debt to love other people that don't agree with me. Mm. I also believe that everybody should be welcome into, into faith. Like, I yes. do believe that. And so... And man, it's a tricky tightrope to walk because I do know that saying yes to something, saying yes, I agree with some things means saying no to other things. Mm -hmm. But I think um, a, a good delineation with that is that I never disagree or don't like people. I disagree with behaviors. So it's the person I'm still called to love and I don't treat anybody any differently that that doesn't agree with me. Does that mean I think everybody's right? No, nope. it doesn't, but I don't have to, and neither do they, they don't think I'm right. So, you know, just the same as if it's okay, if you think Christianity is wrong, then it has to be okay that I also think you might be wrong. Does it change how I treat you? No. Does it change, change how I love you? No. Do I want the best for you? And I hope you have the best life you possibly could. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a tightrope definitely to walk with. But I 100% agree that going to church or doing religious things, you know, that's not what makes up a Christian. It's a relationship with God. And the more time you spend with him, he'll show you. He'll teach you how to, how to act, how to behave, what to do, what not to do. So, yeah, I feel, I feel bad for people that have only ever encountered Christians that are first thing out of their mouth is, you're going to hell and I'm judging you for this and you're wrong about this. I mean, it's just a bad, 
bad representation of Absolutely. what it means to be a Christian. Absolutely. And, and you know what, there's plenty of people out there that just do the work like you do yeah. by living your life and, and connecting with people and loving them. And it, it mm -hmm. got me thinking about John O'Leary, um, John O'Leary inspires.com. You got to go check that dude out um, and listen to his podcast because he spoke to uh, some prisoners a while back and mm -hmm. you know what he told them as there, he was talking one to one-on-one -on -one with a lot of them. He said, you know what, brother, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And yet, you know what, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that, you know, Hey, I don't mm -hmm. agree with what you did to get in mm -hmm. here. Right. Yeah. So to speak, but man, I love you and someone, and God loves you too. Yeah. And there's people out there that care for you and, and you can start over. You can make changes today. You can Definitely. have different decisions and choices and, Definitely. Um, it's just very powerful. Man. Yeah. I've heard it said before, like grace is like when someone hugs you and you, you go to back up and they're still hugging you and you're like, Oh, this is, that's what grace is. It's like Ooh. uncomfortable, undeserved that it's just, it envelops you and you can't help it. Like you can't yeah. do anything about it. So that's how I try not to be uncomfortable with other people. Right. But I try to have that attitude of like, there's nothing you could do to offend me. There's an, obviously, do I sometimes get offended? Of course. Do I get sure. my feelings hurt? Of course. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying like, look at me as the example, Right. but things that I've learned around, along the way, the mark that I'm trying to hit is that no one feels uncomfortable around me, that people feel like I'm a sounding board, even if I disagree, that I make, when people leave me, I make them feel better than when they came to me. That's right. the goal. You know, Absolutely. and so even at going back to the whole Broadway thing, that does tie in. Like, you know, when people leave a Broadway show, they leave enriched and excited and talking yes. about it all the way to the car. And I feel like I've just kind of channeled that into that's just how I live my life now. If I want to not perform for other people, but use what I have and what I know to give someone an enriching exper experience being around me. Correct. They walk away from you feeling better. Than they did yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to be. No matter what you do in life, that you know, of course. Are, are people better off for being around me? And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man, as we're God, I can keep talking for you forever. Um, as we're <laughs> wrapping up things here with Erica, this whole pandemic, this whole um, stay at home stuff and schools closed, businesses closed, and all this stuff. What are some lessons that you've learned uh, from it? And then also, mm -hmm. what are you hoping are some lessons that we as a society learn too? Wow, it's a heavy question. Um, I think me personally, just learning how to, because I'm a parent and I have two young kids, I have a three-year-old son and a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, um, learning how to translate the world into, I mean, it's scary to translate the world that your kids are growing up into, uh, into something they can understand. Mm. So it's been really, it was really strange, especially when we didn't leave our house for, I don't even know how long. Um, Robinson, my son would ask me like, mom, we should just go to Target. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to explain that we can't. So I just said, you know, Target's closed right now. He was like, oh, you have the keys, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I if that. I had the keys, we would be broke. Let me tell you. Right. <laughs> no, but um, I think just learning Oh man, how to love people, especially my own kids through confusion. Mm. Um, man, cause they're so confused. They can't, cause I don't want to freak them out. So I don't go into detail about, yeah, there's this virus and you could die. Obviously you're not going to say that to a three and a one-year-old. Right. Um, but being okay. Here's, here's what it is. I got it. I got my thoughts together. I think understanding other viewpoints, whether it's my kids or a 70 year old person or a 15 year old person understanding their worldview, their viewpoint and trying to love them through it and communicate through it the best way that I can. So what that looks like is with my kids, keeping them informed enough so that they don't think I'm just trapping them in the house. Right. Yeah. But, but knowing what's too much information mm. and the same as, you know, I know there's a whole debate with, masks and whether or not we should wear them and you know even like people bring religion into it and, and freedom and freedom into it and wherever you fall on that spectrum I think what I hope we all take away from this is understanding for other people and um, kind of a conviction to take care of people around us mm. and wow. you know 
whether whether or not I personally think we need masks doesn't matter because if I walk into a store, let's say I don't have a mask on and people are looking at me like, oh, I don't care about the elderly. I don't take anything seriously. I'm a Republican, obviously, because I don't wear a mask, you know, whatever they think. Because I don't want them to think I don't care, I put a mask on. Hmm. Whether or not what I think about it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What I want to care about is what other people are thinking. When Not to say like you should be run by what other people think, but when it, when it comes to caring and just the decency to not scare other people, for me, that's enough hmm. to just do what I'm asked and, you know, pray that this thing <laughs> obviously gets solved. But I think, yeah, just wanting people to take away from this, caring about other people more than yourself and being willing to see other worldviews and accept them, hmm. whether or not you agree and, you know, not berate someone for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or, you know, that's why I don't have a Facebook because I, I just can't handle the debates that go on there. I, I just can't handle it. But I hear you. knowing when to speak, knowing when to be silent, these are all good things for everybody to learn. And, you know, I wish it wasn't a pandemic that we're all learning it through. But also, I think just knowing what's important and and filling my days with what's important. I think I've just seen so much time wasters that I've had in my life before this time and man just rearranging things that I thought were important and putting them way at the bottom and and putting other things in its place uh that's a great lesson yeah I feel like there's a lot I feel like I'm still learning I don't even know exactly what I've learned from this season oh, but absolutely no I, I knew right from the start when this thing started that I did not want to go back to my old crappy self that I, yeah. I knew I had to come out of this better yeah. From day one. And I've been, I've been working hard at it and it's not every day that I'm successful at it, but at the same time, I definitely feel better, you know, yeah. about my life, the direction, uh, you know, the closeness with my wife, um, mm -hmm. we've had the kids here, you know, our, our dog is not going to know what to do once we have to go back to work and <laughs> yeah. leave the house yeah. and he's going to be alone. Um, but I just tell well, you I what, think, go ahead. I think it's just, you know, everybody's like, oh, I just want it to get back to normal, to get back to normal. I just want things to go back to normal. And if you really think about it, you hated your life six months ago. <laughs> like, you weren't happy. And so I think as humans, we just crave comfort. Yes. And above anything else, even if we don't like what we were doing, it's familiar. Yes. And so I think just being okay, that's something that I've had to do. So it might come a little bit more easily to someone like me who's moved a lot and I've been uncomfortable a lot in my mm -hmm. life. So for me, this is just another opportunity like, okay, reset. I'm going to do this from now on. And, you know, but that that's hard for people that have never been challenged in this way. I Absolutely. think those are the people that are really struggling is that they don't want to let go of normal, but I think it's so healthy. It's so good to let go of normal in your life and look forward to from this day forward, what can I change to get, what's your end goal and how can I get there? And with the busyness of life, we forget what our end goal is and we add things to our calendar and our schedule without even realizing why, or it just right. kind of happens to us. And especially with kids, you probably know more than I do. Your kids are a lot older, but your schedule just fills up. And this has been such a good time to take those things off and yep. to think, okay, what's my goal as a family? Do I want my kids in 50 sports or do I want a relationship with them? Which is Absolutely. it? Do Absolutely. I want to be involved in all the, even good things like, you know, connect groups at church. That's not a bad thing, but do I want to be involved in 50 connect groups or do I want to have a deep relationship with my husband? Which is it? you know, and saying no to good. So you can say yes to best. Mm. I think that's a really good, love it. Really good thing to hold on to. That one's going to have to be replayed a couple times by uh, <laughs> the people listening to this. No, you're, you're, you're dead right. It's like, what kind of, what type of, what, what normal do we want to go back to? Because there's a lot yeah. of things wrong back then. Yeah. Um, like my wife said, from the very first weekend, we were sitting outside it was really quiet. And, um, it was a nice day, I think, and whether it be in March or that first weekend or second weekend. But she said, it's almost been like we've been given the gift of time. Yeah. You know, and Definitely. we can never get that. You know, it was the same yeah. still 24 hours, but it was a different 24 hours. Definitely. What we were doing. And, you know, the world, government, whoever said, no, you can't go out and do this. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I guess we'll stay home together. And um, yeah. I, I think we've had dinner together just about every night, you know, me and my wife awesome. and our kids. Uh, there's been even some breakfasts together, you know, on our mm -hmm. weekend when, when we all push breakfast back a little bit later. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of gifts from this. And, and I hope we, we look on that more than the negatives and the Definitely. scariness and the anger and mm -hmm. the decisiveness, um, separations and stuff. So, yeah. boy, Erica, I got to tell you, thank you so much. Uh, you know, what, what, what's going on with you like from now and in the future? What are you working on? What are you doing? Are you working outside the home? Do you have a big project that you're doing that I think people could just probably stand up and give you some applause here or something because I'm serious. You are just a breath of fresh air. Um, and again, I, I count you as a friend. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I so appreciate you looking out for me, sending me those texts. Like there was times it just bust me in tears because it was at a moment when I needed it. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad God said something to you and I'm glad it was yeah. me because I needed yeah. it. But what great things are you planning on doing or what's, you know, what's five years from now? What, what's going to go on in your life that you are looking at doing now that's going to be going on then? Yeah. Um, well, five years from now, both, both my husband and I have a heart for ministry. So we don't know what that looks like. When I got my degree, I got it in Christian ministry with a minor in biblical studies. Nice. So I've always known I want to be in some sort of full-time ministry right now. I'm leading worship at a church. So I'd love to be some sort of worship pastor or um, women's director. I have a really nice. big heart for women's ministry. Mm. And um, right now I'm a youth leader. So my husband and I were just recently youth directors at another church. Um, so just working toward being in full-time ministry right now, he's a painter, uh, not like an artist painter, but like a commercial. <laughs> I'm, a commercial. Sure can, I'm sure he can do <laughs> <Yeah>. both. <laughs> yeah, uh, he could. He's super artistic. I um, bet. No, he's a painter. He has his own business. So I stay home with the kids. So my, right now, my focus is raising kids that are respectful, that, you know, you can trust your daughters around, that you can trust people of other races around. Like everything that's going on right now is changing the way I parent. It's changing the way I see my own kids. Um, it's making me look at the way I was raised and different subtleties that I want to change that you know, my parents didn't mean anything by, but might've put thoughts or feelings or judgments in my head sure. uh, as a child, you know, it starts now. And so I'm really, really convicted by what's going on in the world right now to raise up kids that are leaders that, you know, I pray that over them every night. I'm like, God, make these leaders among leaders, like that they would lead leaders and, you know, they wouldn't, change their minds that they would just be so steadfast in what they want to accomplish for this world not for them not that they would be a successful human being but that they would make this earth a more successful place and um yeah so that's really what i'm focused on right now is my kids and raising them these these years i'll never get back i've never been someone that's like i can't wait you know I can't wait till my kids are older so they play by themselves. Like I'm someone that's like, I cry when I pack their, their clothes away because they right. grew out of them. I'm like, no, yeah. they're getting too big. So I just, I really see the time that I'm in and I don't take it for granted. And, mm. you know, obviously there's days I'm tired. I'm a stay at home mom. So I'm exhausted. I'm basically a zombie. I live on coffee, but I don't, I mean, I cherish these days so uh, much. I love that about you. That's fantastic. Living and you're living in the moment, which is yeah. so hard for a lot of people to do. I just yeah. love that. Well, you know what? You're going to be making a huge difference. Uh, you and your husband, Ben, making differences for your two kids. But anybody who's connected with you, anybody that hears this message, which I love the fact that we got the chance to sit down and I hope we can do it again because uh, yeah. you, my friend, have a lot to teach the world. And I, and I love this again. The teacher has become the student. Oh, geez. I'm serious. Uh, you know what? I just love the fact of, of having things turned around. Just teacher by title, right? Yeah. I, I'm a learner. I, I, am, I am a student. I'm a lifelong learner that I know I can get better and listen to other people and um, take what you have to offer and bring it into my life. And uh, it's yeah. just fantastic. I just love you for it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such an honor. You're always someone, I've told you before, you're like my Maury. You're always someone that <laughs> I glean things from. Oh, wow. And that, man, I just look back at my high school career and you're like, that's what I think of in high school. It's like, oh man, he was so awesome. Such an encourager, called out greatness and everybody around him. Mm. It's 
it's amazing to be a part of this. I listen to your podcast all the time. So I'm like, oh, this is so great. Well, so you thank know what? you. It's going to be different listening to yourself. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't know if I will. Right. I don't know if I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> Hit snippets of it, right? Fast forward yeah. and everything, right? Yeah. I hear you. Uh, thanks again, Erica. So uh, I'll put uh, some contact information that people can reach out uh, probably on Instagram to find Erica Tyler and uh, just see all the great stuff that she's doing and um, to be uplifted you know, by her story. And, and she's a difference maker. I love pointing out difference makers in life. And, and she is definitely one of them. So find me over on Facebook, you guys, over at coach to expect success over on Twitter at coach to success over on Instagram at coach John Daly. And of course, coach to expect success.com. The book list is growing. Uh, the blog's being posted to again. And that's one thing I didn't even get to. I went back and looked at some of your blog. Oh yeah. Stuff that you're writing, just great stuff and great stuff, but I'm signing <laughs> off now. So we, I, I need to probably let you go to go get your kids from, uh, um, uh, over at the, with, the, with your in-laws or your parents? No, they're with my parents. Your yeah. parents. And are they good over there for a while? And Oh, yeah, they're good. Good. Take some time for yourself now. Go get okay. a 20-minute nap that just might just do you so good. Oh, it's calling me. It's calling there you me. Go. There you go. Love that. All right, you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.